Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years. Every other Thursday we feature just one classic story from the vaults. We ask that you keep the historical context in mind. Today, in 2021, there's a different consciousness. We've always asked storytellers to speak in as unfiltered a way as possible, and yet to tell their stories with as much compassion as possible. Even so, I'm sure the storytellers and the host might have worded some of what they said on these old episodes differently if they'd been recorded more recently. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that Amy Salloway first shared on the show in March of 2014. Here's Amy now with a story we call The View from Site B. I'm sitting on the bed in a hotel room in Bothell, Washington. My boyfriend David is back home in our apartment in Seattle, probably wearing an organic cotton Henley shirt and stirring a pot of lentils. I am smoothing the bedspread of this bed over and over. It has a pattern of pheasants frolicking. I'm smoothing the pheasants because I'm nervous. I have just decided to be a lesbian, not full-time just for this weekend. This all started because I'd thrown my back out. I thought I'd tried to get a massage, which was something that I almost never did because I'm big. The kind of big that grew up being called fatty and tubbo and lardass and whale, and it's always been made clear to me that no one should be required to so much as look at my body, much less touch it, so I've made it a goal to not inflict it on anyone, but my back hurt a lot. So I called an ad that I saw in the Seattle Weekly for a female massage therapist, and I took the bus to her house, and she looked at me standing there on her porch and... Her face kind of froze. She said, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I don't think I'm going to be able to penetrate through all your layers of fat to have any measurable effect on the muscles underneath. I apologize. I just started crying, and I ran away from her house, just ran back to the bus stop, which was right in front of Pita Palace, I pressed my face up to the window and watched that cylinder of lamb rotate on the vertical spike while the guy behind the counter carved strips of it away for euros. And I just thought, oh, I want to be impaled on a spit and carved down like that. I want someone to carve away this body until all that's left is the person I feel like I am inside. I want to be the Euros. Why can't I be the Euros? David tried to help. He hugged me and mumbled, No, you're not Euros. I don't want you to be Euros. But... He's a mountain biker the size of a pencil, so his understanding is limited. 
And the next day, I saw my therapist, who also stated that she didn't want me to be Euros, and she said, Amy, have you heard of the size acceptance movement? Amy, you need to meet some fat activists. She hands me a lavender flyer that says, New Fatitudes. And there's a little illustration of a naked fat lady hugging the space needle. And the flyer says that, New Fatitudes is a weekend-long conference of workshops, presentations, and resources for women of size working to end weight-based discrimination and to create radical acceptance and inclusivity for all bodies. And I go. In the lobby of the Ramada Inn, there have got to be 200 women, and they are every kind of big. Big and granola, big and tattooed, and big and in black lace-up corsets, like the woman at the welcome table who reaches across and hugs me, and even in that quick moment, I get to feel that amazing contrast between her soft, jiggly bosom and the rigid tin can holding it up. And then she points to the name tags, and there's... Amy, which looks so small and whiny next to tags that say Indigo and Zimbabwe and Jax with two X's. But I pin it on and I just stand there for a second, watching all these women reuniting with each other. There are a lot of um, really short haircuts, a lot of unshaved legs and Birkenstocks and combat boots and the smell of leather and patchouli is in the air. And I think, oh shit, what if this is just for lesbians? Did I miss that on the flyer? The workshops are awesome. I go to confronting fat phobia at the office, teaching her child healthy self-esteem, which I figure will be useful in all the youth theater that I do. There are also some workshops that I hadn't expected like S&M from A to Z, which somehow I'm swept up by a hallway crowd into going to. At one point, I'm watching the instructor demonstrate safe flogging techniques on a 40-ish computer programmer named Marnie, who's giggling adorably, and I realize that I'm not concentrating at all. What I'm doing is watching the women around me. I'm probably even staring at how much they smile and how relaxed they seem. I mean, I'm like testing out the nipple clamps with everyone else, and I go to voluptuous verse and write the fat haikus. My abdomen, rolling field for dancing lipids. We all deserve love. And through all of this in my head, I'm spinning into a blur because I know that I'm a fake. I don't love my body. I don't believe I'm beautiful, and I barely have sex, and I am so not a lesbian. But now, I wish I was. I wish I was a hot, poly, bondage-loving, dyke person and everything else that these amazing women are, because it's clear that they are so in a community. I get now why all my geek friends go to the cons. Oh, the cons. <laughs> Mini-con, maxi-con, mega, Mars, moon, monster, muffin-con. With the costumes and the theme rooms, they go 
because that is where they feel normal, where they get to drink in the affirmation and empathy that for a brief moment lets them say, fuck you to the stupid, hurtful outside world and maybe take some of that fuck you back home with them. I want that feeling. This hotel has a hot tub, and I go down to check it out. I don't own a swimsuit, so I wear a sports bra and lycra shorts and a tank top. What I find in the tub are a dozen naked fat women bobbing about like matzo balls in a huge vat of soup. I recognize two of the matzo balls from the S&M workshop, these two beautiful gothy women from Canada that everybody had wanted to sit near because they seemed so cool and they did this cute thing where they connected their nipple rings together with a piece of chain link and it was really whimsical. And now one of them says, hey, I'm Simone and this is my partner Dee Dee. Simone tells me that they're the hub of an open marriage in Vancouver that involves men and women and jazz musicians and circus clowns. And she has an eight-year-old daughter that she gave birth to when she was a homeless teen. But that's okay, because now she runs a theater company for homeless teens. And it might be the heat of the tub and the chlorine fumes, but I get this total girl crush on Simone. Matzo balls come and go. And time gets sort of loose and mushy. And at one point, Simone and Dee Dee and Jax, with two X's, are all making out. And Simone stops and says, we're going to have a little gathering in our hotel room tonight. The three of us, plus some others. Oh, that's great, I say, picturing some wine and Ritz crackers and cheese whiz. And Simone kind of laughs and runs her hand through her wet hair. And I get it. That's not the kind of gathering she means. I know what she means. I don't plan to say this. I swear. It just sort of falls out of my mouth. I say, can I come? And Simone says, but Amy, I thought you were straight. Yeah, usually. But maybe just not this weekend? (sighs) Amy, you are so brave. You do know, don't you, that it's every lesbian's fantasy to deflower a straight woman. And I did not know this, but now I do. Simone will pick me up at my room at 10 that night. So, it's 9.53, and I'm sitting on my hotel bed smoothing those pheasants In my head, I run through the various sexual acts that might be required of me this evening. Oh, I've never done that. Mm, (laughs) Nor nor that. Oh, God, nor any semblance of that. Oh, God. Simone, Dee Dee, Jax, whoever else is there, they are so going to laugh at me. They're going to touch me and know right away with their heightened awareness how inexperienced I am. How late I lost my virginity, how little I've done, how even now I live in a relationship that confuses me so much with a boyfriend who will catch me looking in the mirror and punching my stomach and thighs because I feel so ugly and who will always gently take my fists in his hands and say, no, no, stop that. And yet 
who will turn away from the same body in bed, who will do to it only what he absolutely has to, always under the covers, always in the dark. It's taken me a long time to get up the courage to believe it might be okay to want to experiment a little. And I only just recently started bringing up some of my desires, the very simplest ones. David, would you ever want to... Do you think maybe we could... But the answer to all my ideas has been no. It's not that I don't love you. It's just, let's just leave things the way they are, okay? And I'd feel myself making my hands into fists again, right back to where I started. I don't know what one wears to a group sex party, so I have on a lacy camisole and a pair of men's boxer briefs trying to cover all the bases, and now they're soaked with sweat. And that's when I hear Simone knock on my door. Room 308's brass eagle lamps are turned down to a romantically dim glow. Simone leads me in and ditches her lingerie, so I do too, because I guess that's what you do. And we join the other women, eight of us, all naked, sitting in a circle on the floor around a center pile of toys and lube and rubber gloves. Then Simone reaches into the pile and pulls out a very pink, penile object and holds it at heart level. She closes her eyes and takes a cleansing breath and says, Welcome, women. I'm going to pass around the talking dildo. When it gets to you, please tell us a little bit about what you're looking for from this experience, what your limitations are, and also whether you have any special needs we should know about. And the dildo moves around the circle to Jax, who's like, I'm about to start my period at any minute, so if anyone plans on going down on me, which would be awesome, just, you know, surf the red tide, baby. (laughs) And Basha, who tells us, I have uterine fibroids, and they're making it really hard for me to stay vagina positive. And Sandra, who brought along her vampire fangs in case any of us would like to be bitten, When the talking dildo gets to me, I totally freak out like a spaz. Hi, I'm Amy. I'm a Pisces. Um, I live here in Seattle. I'm the accounts payable person for a company that does objective medical exams for insurance claims, but that's just to support my acting career and, oh, no special needs. Simone concludes that seems like the general consensus is touchings in, orals on a case-by-case basis, and we draw the line at anal sex and fisting. Does that sound pretty accurate? Everyone nods. Now, if anyone has an issue come up during this evening, please raise your voice and raise your hand and we will stop and help you process. We've got eight people here. That's a lot. So the bed here will be site A. The fold-out couch will be site B. I'd like half of us to start at site A and half to start at site B. And after we've had some time in those groupings, I will call out rotate, which will be your cue to mix it up and change places. Lesbians are very organized. We're each given a black eyeliner to write our names somewhere on our bodies because, as Simone points out, in a dark hotel room, it's hard to tell one naked fat lady from another. We're dispersed to site A and site B. 
I met Site B with Simone, which I'm pretty excited about because she seems to know her way around this straight woman deflowering thing. And with Anna, who has thick glasses and for sure seems like she also goes to Mega Mini Monster Con. The five women at Site A sit on the bed, staring at us over at Site B. We at Site B stare back at Site A. Heather at Site A finally speaks up. How do we start this thing? Well, I am nothing if not goal-oriented, so I kiss Simone. She tips me down on the sofa bed, and Anna lays down on the other side of me. A soft chorus of, oh, rises from Site A as we three Site B folks form what I gather must be a lovely tableau. And there's more kissing. And there are hands that start moving slowly south on my body. I raise my head up for a second and see that all of Site A is still staring at me, watching. You guys, you're supposed to be getting it on. Sorry, they mumble. Sorry, it's just you're so... I mean, the way you go, I shout at them. Do something. Touch each other. I no longer have any idea what's happening at Site A because at Site B, both Anna and Simone have their hands between my legs and there is a lot going on. Simone's asking, do you like this? How's that? Oh, great, I say. The truth is, it feels like a team of office temps are assembling a mass mailing in my vagina. Am I turned on? Am I turned off? No, what I am is sort of amused and fascinated, especially because now Anna is keeping up a commentary in my right ear of, oh baby, oh baby, yeah baby, yeah baby. I never knew that actual people said, oh baby, yeah baby, but you know, she's into it and she's happy. Simone's happy and they're trying to make me happy and I come. Site A applauds and then I touch Simone. Here's where I have to come out and confess that I am just unforgivably, woefully vagina ignorant. I mean, yeah, I can have an orgasm, but it took a man giving me one first before I figured out how to DIY. And even then, what got me to finally touch myself was a yeast infection that was so bad, intense scratching evolved into other things. God, that's so mortifying. I, I've never looked at those parts in the mirror. I've never compared it to someone else's. Until now. Simone's vagina is familiar and yet not. I'm unsure of how I should be working with the piercings, whether they have specific functions, but Simone helps out. All right, uh uh-huh, you can go deeper. Yup, you can use two fingers. Awesome, Amy. I'm just going to touch my clit while you do that. Good teamwork. But Anna starts getting jealous. She shuffles her vagina over to Simone and plunks it down next to her in a desperate cry for attention. Simone takes her other hand and multitasks. Anna is rocking back and forth like an Orthodox Jew at the Western Wall. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah, baby. Oh, 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 migraine. It turns out that about 10% of the time when Anna has an orgasm, she gets a simultaneous acute migraine headache. And it's time to stop and process. At some point, we rotate. 
I'm relocated to site A and end up laying next to Basha, who asks me if I would mind playing with her breasts. Jax has an issue in that she really wanted to hook up with Simone. We stop and process. 2.30 a.m. Everyone has either gone back to their rooms or passed out on some piece of furniture, except Basha, Sandra, and me. And we're also nearly comatose, except that Sandra really wants to show us just one more thing. She reaches for the nightstand and puts in her custom-made removable vampire fangs and proceeds to give me and Basha a lesson in biting and spanking. Somehow I'm the one that gets flipped over with my ass in the air, and Sandra starts the demonstration. You want to alternate short, sharp slaps with long, hard strokes. You want to use the air current that the motion of your hand is creating. Spanking is all about taking advantage of the laws of physics. Wow. This evening has been so educational. The next day... I feel loopy. I feel carbonated. This can only be the beginning. I want more. I'm running around to all my new pals. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. My room tonight. Hey, we totally underutilized those sex toys. Bring your vibrators. Simone, will you go down on me later? Will you? But there's no second night of the sex party. It doesn't happen again. And I know, of course, that it's not more lesbian sex that I want. I don't care that I didn't get to try out a butt plug or lick someone's vagina. Okay, I I care a little, but not all that much. What I want is to store up what it felt like to be worth licking and plugging. To be seen as sexy and desirable, I want to press my body against all those bodies and maybe coordinate with their cycles enough that I can absorb their strength and confidence. As I wait at the front window of the Ramada Inn for David to pick me up, I remember the window of Pita Palace and wishing so much that I was that lamb cylinder on a spit, getting carved farther and farther down. And I clutch my stomach because for the first time, I realize how horribly sad that is. I wouldn't want anyone I met at New Fatitudes to be carved down ever. I only want all of us to be built up, to contain so much joy and so many possibilities, to show the world just by radically existing, as they say, that all bodies are valid. All bodies are worthy of respect and dignity and love. As David's car pulls up and I see his gentle, quiet face, I don't know what's going to happen from here. And I can tell you that even now, years later, on any given day, I still don't know what's going to happen. There are times when I walk down the street feeling totally at peace with my body. And other times when I hear, get out of the crosswalk, you fat bitch. And I descend into every violent wish I ever had for myself. It's a moment by moment thing. But I know I have a strong toolkit inside me to help me out. And I probably have an orgy of lesbians to thank for helping me find it. (laughs) 
That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.